And I'll show you what the uh, maybe Philip Morris are listening to this and they'll be going, You see, um, John seems to have a problem with his own health. Yeah, there it, John. Maybe you should deal with your own sneeze before you stop attacking, uh, before you start attacking us. Anyway. is What Shall We Do About with Sam Robinson. Hello and welcome to What Shall We Do About, the show that tries to fix the world's less pressing problems. Today, we're tackling smoking. The danger of smoking has become far more evident around the world in recent years. Though, did you realise that smoking wasn't banned in any workplace or indoor venue in Australia until the early 1990s? In more recent years, though, the European Parliament has banned traditional menthol cigarettes, but alternatives such as e-cigarettes and vaping have grown in popularity. But here's a statistic for you. Of the 57 million people who die around the world each year, 8 million of those are due to big tobacco. That's 14%. Clearly, it's still a problem. My guest today is writer and filmmaker John Safran. His latest book, Puff Piece, investigates how the makers of Marlboro that's Philip Morris, have redefined themselves as the future of cigarettes is up in the air. And as John explains, not is all as it seems. John Safran, it is a delight to have you on the podcast. I've wanted you to be on this so long. Oh, thank you. No, I I, I don't do podcasts unless I have something to flog, but not for the reason you think. It's not because... I'm that cynical or it's all about the money or anything like that. It's because I actually do feel like a bit of an idiot when the listener doesn't like just thinks somehow, Oh, I just want to, you know, be everywhere. I I like the sound of my own voice. I want to, I want to speak on things. And so I I feel like a lot more Zen (laughs) when there's that little thing of, Oh, I get it. He's promoting a thing. So He's possibly not like a huge narcissist who just thinks his opinions on everything are needed to be known by everyone. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, he's got a job to do. It's like, you know, I drive a truck. I work at the Seven Eleven. He's got a book that, you know, he wants people to read. And that book is, is in my hands right now, Puff Piece. Yes. What a wonderful read it is. And so I thought we'll talk about, we'll definitely try and solve the problem of smoking today. Because oh, this cool. is what this is all about. Have you ever been a smoker? Uh, not for a sustained period of time, but as it comes across in the book, I definitely will just put anything in my mouth. And over my life, like if it's like, cool, peyote. Yeah, I'll try that. Cool, someone at this party has just stuck a cigarette in my mouth. Cool, okay, fine. So, yeah, I, I have I have smoked, but I haven't smoke for a sustained period of time yeah but uh but as i found out in the book it's just amazing how we're all touched by cigarettes and even when you don't think you have like there's there's they've just they're just around everywhere and they're they're part of the wallpaper and not just you know, because it, it yellows the wallpaper when you. But so so yeah, I was surprised when I, I started thinking of like, oh, that's right, I did that. I shoved a cigarette in my mouth when I was a kid. I did this with duh. These people have died because of cigarettes yeah. who are close to me. So um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, got 
I was just going to say that I just think the, the conversation around smoking has changed so much. I used to work at Channel 7 and hearing the stories of how, you know, the place was just a big smoke heap back in the 70s and 80s, you know, in the director's chair, the director would always have a cigarette in his fingers. Um, <laughs> but things have changed so much. It's been banned from workplaces, restaurants, cafes. How popular have you found the traditional tobacco cigarette to be these days? Because it has had a decline, hasn't it? It has, but it's still, I understand, I think it might be 11%, 11, 12%. So, uh, yeah, 11% of Australians still smoke traditional cigarettes. So that's millions of people. Yeah. And that because cigarettes are fatal, (laughs) that's that's people not only clogging up their uh, arteries, it's clogging up the, uh, the health system too. Yeah, it's it's this strange thing because it's the most out of zeitgeist issue when you just think because people do care about things these days which is good and they care about uh things they should care about and if you think of zeitgeist issues you've got uh black lives matter you've got me too you've got trans rights you've got things like that and they seem like of the moment and then you've got cigarettes and it's like, Saffron, what the hell? This is like such a 1970s thing you're doing here. Why don't you just conduct your investigation wearing bell-bottom trousers <laughs> and, and, and grow, some, grow some sideburns if you're going to deal with this 1970s issue? But it remains the number one health problem in the world. Mm. And uh, uh, 52 million people die of everything per year that's everything and out of that eight million are cigarette related <laughs> and, and but there's yeah there's just something about it where it's part of the wallpaper and i mean it is as far as access goes now like things have been tightened over the years like now they're sold yeah. behind a counter behind you can't even see them in the shop you have to ask permission yeah. but I kind of think it was always the thing when I was at school. It was what the cool kids did. You know, it's the rebellious thing you did as a kid. Do you think kids are still doing it, smoking cigarettes as a rebellious act? Yeah, it's it, it's really confusing trying to figure out what cigarettes mean. Yeah, to, to different generations, like definitely to older people. I think it's like there's no coolness whatsoever, and people who smoke will tell you that that you're walking down the street and someone is pushing their pram and they'll like snarl at you. And uh, I, I even m- mention in the book because uh, Philip Morris International, who are the people behind Melbro's uh, cigarettes, the biggest cigarette company in the world, they, they, they've moved on to a new new product, which they're claiming isn't a cigarette, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but let's mm. go along with their reality for this moment. And I was talking to a, a woman who worked at Philip Morris and she said, oh, you weren't allowed to smoke uh, in Europe and you weren't allowed to smoke cigarettes in the office but you were allowed to smoke them in the tea room whilst Mm. this new philip morris product you could smoke wherever you wanted in the office or the tea room and she said that the even the philip morris employees who had moved on to this new product would like look down at the employees who were still smoking the cigarettes in the tea room like what are you doing don't you know cigarettes are disgusting so like even they're being hassled for smoking cigarettes but yeah, it, it, it's very confusing because I think there's a bit of out of sight, out of mind. And sometimes, for instance, you, there'll be like an, an American celebrity who's smoking 
at a party. I, I, what's his name? Who's the dude in Star Wars? The handsome one with the ambiguous face who, who's either handsome or not handsome. Or oh, Luke, Luke Hamill? Like, no, no, Adam Driver. Is that oh, Adam name? Driver. Yes, yes, yes. Kylo Ren. Yeah. Adam yeah. Driver. Yeah, because women, some, cause that's what, how cool it is to be a man. Sometimes you can have an unconventional face. And for some reason, women like that or something. It's very weird. Anyway, handsome Adam Driver. He was like, he took a puff recently at like Cannes or something like that. And there was a lot of like giggling on Twitter. Like there wasn't like shaming of him. And I remember that other, maybe the woman who plays Fleabag, I think she was caught smoking. Not caught. She was like at some party smoking. And again, it went viral, these images where, and presumably younger people, because it's Twitter and social media. Mm. Like people were aware it's dangerous and people did seem to be analyzing it in a slightly fun way. Like, but, but still, there's no end to this sentence because the end to this sentence is it seems amongst young people, it's it's very confusing to try to figure out what young people actually think of, of cigarettes because things like that happened. It's very, and the response is very ambiguous, but it's, it's definitely not like the response to other things where like, that's a microaggression. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I talk about this in the book, how it is just interesting and, and for better or worse, like I'm not, I just think it's interesting in and of itself that we're living in a time of such judgment and uh, you know, like people um, wounded by offense and stuff. But for instance, there wasn't, I didn't notice anything on Twitter about uh, Adam driver or Fleabag. Do you know that smoke, the secondhand smoke can really hurt people around you. How do you know? Like it, it seems to be something other than young people, you know, get offended by it. Like they, uh, at least, you know, online kind of try to catch everyone out and get offended by um, every last thing. Mm. So good news for Philip Morris. <laughs> and also it, it has to be, I mean, my opinion is like, I like everything about cigarettes except for the cancer. Like, I like, I think they look cool. Yeah. All these people, I, all these artists I like from the past, they smoked them. So it like suggests maybe that played into them being able to ruminate and, meditate over things and it might've helped their art. So I think it looks cool and I like how it's rebellious and you're not meant to do it. So that's good. I also liked, I, when I worked in an office, I liked how the smokers would go out the front of the building or in the stairwell together in a little gang and they decompress and like bitch about the boss and yeah, bitch yeah, about yeah. The, work, the workforce. So I like that. It was like a little bit of subversion or whatever, but then on the other side of the ledger, you've got cancer. And it's no matter how many things I put on the pro side of the ledger, which I really like, it can never outweigh the cancer. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's why I think this book is so amazing in that you are investigating a billion-dollar giant in the smoking industry, Philip yeah. Morris. What got you interested in the whole thing and what they're trying to do as smoking perhaps becomes less popular around the world and they're trying to invent the next best thing. Yeah. I was just read this full page ad a couple of world, no tobacco days ago. There's a, a United nations world, no tobacco day each year. And a couple of, a couple of them ago, just on the eve of it, Philip Morris took out a full page ad saying in the newspaper, old school newspaper, the, <laughs> and it said, that they're going to be shutting down as a cigarette company and relaunching as a health enterprise dedicated to 
bringing the one billion smokers of the world, including their own customers, bringing them off cigarettes and making them stop smoking cigarettes. And I just took this at face value first where I was, I was going, is this just like one of those kind of gear shifts in the world? Like one of these things you never saw happening. And then it happens like the fall of the Berlin wall, the fall of cap of communism, the end of apartheid. Mm. And is this just a thing like that? Because I mean, it could be, but then I did a bit of snooping around and you never guess what you shouldn't take the makers of Melbourne cigarettes <laughs> on face value. So what, what was happening was one, one of their drivers that they, they seem to have like two drives for why they're doing what they're doing. And one of them is the European parliament passed a law uh, saying that all menthol cigarettes are going to be banned from being produced and being sold all across Europe. And so they, they announced this upcoming law a couple of years ago and it was going to fall into effect and it did fall into effect um, uh, 2020. So just last year. So, so last year, all menthol cigarettes across Europe were banned. And, and the fact that most people wouldn't even know that just shows how much, even though this is, this is, like the the most amazing blow against the cigarette industry and for public health, like somehow wasn't tweeted about or didn't really get articles written or too many articles written, right? And so Philip Morris were like, would be thinking, and correctly, they'd be going, well, this is just the first step, like, because it's my impression that the European Parliament wants to ban all cigarettes, but they've got, they've got to start somewhere, Right. And so this is the beginning of the end to Philip Morris because they can't sell cigarettes anymore. And so Philip Morris came out and they said, oh, listen, uh, yes, we agree with you. We're going to stop uh, We're going to stop producing menthol cigarettes. We're going to abide by your law. And then they said, oh, by the way, seeing we've got your attention, we've got this new product and God knows it's not a cigarette. What it is is a heat stick, because you can see this. I can see that, yes. Can't. What are, what's, what's that look like All to right. you? Now, that looks like a really short cigarette, almost like a piece of chalk. Yeah, so what it is, it's tobacco rolled in paper with a filter at one end that you plant between your lips, inhaling nicotine and tobacco into your lungs. But to them, Philip, I was going, God knows this isn't a cigarette. Mm. So... I was like, how's that not a cigarette? You hold it up to anyone, they go, oh, it just looks like a short cigarette. But this was their thing. They're going, it's not a cigarette. It's a heat stick. And amazingly, it worked. And so last year, menthol cigarettes were banned all across Europe. <laughs> but then Philip Morris put these in new versions of this for sale, that menthol, menthol heat sticks. And I was just, that's incredible. The, the European Union... Uh, parliament just did not factor in what happens if philip morris just says okay we're not gonna we're, we're getting rid of our cigarettes and then they say and then they're like oh we've got this thing it's tobacco rolled in paper with a filter at one end that you plant between your lips inhaling nicotine and tobacco into your lungs but it's a heat stick and it worked it worked it worked so th- yeah so th- that's why i found this story amazing I-, I found it amazing that philip morris were up to this shenanigan them surviving this is, I mean, great news for them. But, it, yeah, it, it really is 
heading public health into a different direction than it would be going if these were banned, like mm. uh, like uh, like their other cigarettes are increasingly becoming banned. And so I found that interesting. And then the other layer was I just didn't get why this wasn't a story. Like the, not only is there not another book written about this, there isn't an article written about, like, like the way I just explained it then, mm. about how they've, they've done a switcheroo. There's not an article about that. There's, there's not an article in the New York Times about that. And then on the day it happened, I checked Twitter. And just think about everyone just likes to blab about everything on Twitter and talk about everything and everyone's desperate to say it or whatever. And there was not one tweet. Yeah. Not one tweet. So why is that, do you think? You know, it's taken, it's been a number of years since this was announced back in 2018. You've now written a whole book yeah. on it. Are people yeah. just too scared to take on the giant that is Philip Morris? Um, no, I reckon that's like a bit of a, a, a secondary or tertiary type thing. I think the the two main things are, it just seems like an old issue. I think another reason is because, because I said there were two reasons Philip Morris are doing this. So one reason is cigarettes are getting banned, but the other reason is vaping is filling the, uh, the hole. Mm. And so this isn't a vape, just to be clear. This is Philip Morris's attempt to get people on their product and not onto vaping. And there's a bit of mess here because Philip Morris are involved in vaping, but I'd say that's not their main game. And the reason it's not their main game is that it's pretty easy to start a vape company, Mm. uh, a vape juice company. And like the biggest one in Australasia, for instance, was started by some dude just making his own stuff in his garage. And, uh, and so there's a lot of like mom and pop businesses in the vape world. So Philip Morris sort of can't own that market. Whilst Mm. this, this gives them a unique selling proposition, which is good for two reasons. One reason being like, it's, it's, I'm sure people will be able to counterfeit this somehow, but you know, it's, it's going to be really hard. And so therefore they've got this unique product that people have to go to them for and no one else. They can't, you, people aren't going to be making this in their garage. And then on top of that, the fact that it's a unique product means they can say to their shareholders, hey, look, we've got a plan for the future. We've got a plan for the future, not only of what we're going to do as cigarettes are f- phased out. We've also got a plan for, you know, why people are going to go for, for us. And they're, I I learned this writing this book because as well as not really knowing anything about science before writing this book, I also didn't really think one way or the other about things like the share market, but I bought shares in Philip Morris. So I could uh, go to their uh, financial quarterly meetings, which because of COVID and everything were on conference calls. And I realized that part of those meetings, like part of, is you've got to tell a story to the shareholders so shareholders continue with you. And so this is telling a story to the shareholders of we've got a future and we've got a future with a unique product that others don't have. And and part of that story is this is a tobacco product. So vapes, they've got juice in them that gets steamed hmm. and the juice contains things like propylene glycerol and often nicotine and flavorings, but it doesn't contain tobacco leaf. 
And whilst this contains tobacco leaf, so that's kind of a good, unique selling thing. And also brands, Philip Morris is something different to vaping. It's like we're the tobacco people, Mm. not the sort of non-tobacco nicotine product. And Mm. and I know this is all freaking confusing. So to be clear, this has nicotine in it too. Yeah. Um, And because vaping was becoming, had become a controversial issue uh, because more young people were taking it and there were cases of young people in America uh, sucking up black market vape juice and they're ending up in hospitals, I think like several thousand in hospitals. And I think, uh, I don't want to say how many dead, but dead mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. that, w- that was becoming a, had become a big news story. So, th- so it's all just too confusing, this other product that's not a vape. And so this was, they got to release this in America in the shadow of everyone's eyes looking the other way, looking towards vaping. Mm. And, and so therefore, therefore journalists were, were confusing it a bit. Like in so much as they were thinking, thinking it at all, at, at all, they were sort of like just throwing it in with vaping in a way. So, so there's articles that are written where it's mentions it as a, like vaping, 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 vaping. And then Philip Morris has it. And it's sort of in, implied it's a vape. Yeah. When really in a very meaningful way, it's not. And because, the, see, the other confusing thing I'm holding up to you now, this looks like an astronaut's pen. So this is the IQOS, I believe, which... which Yeah, ICOS. ICOS, sorry. And it, so it, this heats up the um, the heat stick. You slide it in, and as you'll see there, yeah, it looks like a, a sort of an astronaut's pen. It looks yep. pretty groovy. Yeah. But on top of that, I guess... It looks like a vape in a way. Uh-huh. And then to make it even more confusing, you plug this into a wall to, um, you know, give it a, a charge, this astronaut's pen. So it's an e-cigarette, I guess, an electronic cigarette. And But a vape, you also plug in a wall to charge. So I guess that's an electronic cigarette. That's an e-cigarette. So therefore, even though it's not a vape, mm. it's an e-cigarette. And but a vape can also be an e-cigarette, so it's it's like it can be a very tangled, confusing issue. And Philip Morris fully exploit that. Before vaping vapes were were getting all this bad press, Philip Morris were very happy to uh, let people think this was kind of a, a vape. For instance, the British government's National Health Service, and this was quite controversial because lots of people disagree with it, but they're a reputable organ of the government, a British National Health Service, and they put out a statement saying, we think vaping is a legitimate tool to help people get off cigarettes. Mm. And so so we endorse vaping, right? So then Philip Morris put out this tweet saying, oh, the National Health Service, here's their statement like um, about e-cigarettes, about how they're... Um, you know, the National Health Service is uh, getting on board with these cigarettes and the implication being the National Health Service was somehow also, you know, pro their product, the heat stick that you stick into the ICOS. But I looked into the, the National Health Service statement and they explicitly say, say by e-cigarette we mean vaping and we don't mean this a product such as the Philip Morris heat stick and ICOS. So they're, they're, they're very happy when... Vaping gets good news to kind of, oh, this is kind of a vape. But then when there was bad news about vaping, there were all those stories about kids dying, 
Then suddenly they came out with the opposite thing. They go, listen, when I get clear, this ICOS and heat stick, it's not a vape. It's a different product. And their, their head guy even said he had the audacity to even kind of go, well, if people are, are having a scared of vapes, uh, then, you know, there's all, there's also this, there's this option, you know, this, there's this thing that's not a vape that you might um, want to consider. So like it, it's confusing and Philip Morris are happy to make the issue more confusing. Yeah. There's a lot of manipulation of public image, but also of language and like the heat yeah. stick cigarette thing we've touched on as well. But there's also the, the fact that you're not breathing out smoke using the Arcos and the heat stick. It's aerosol. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that, that, so their claim is that, Here's what they've, this is what they've got. So that if you were to say to them, why isn't this a cigarette? They'd say, when you shove this heat stick into this ICOS, this little astronaut's pen, what it does is it heats up the heat stick to an incredible degree, so much so that it starts like a discharge comes out. But they say because it, and this discharge looks like smoke <laughs> and contains tobacco and nicotine, but they say because it doesn't actually catch a light like with a conventional cigarette. It doesn't combust. And they say because it doesn't combust, they, they, they say you need combustion to generate smoke. And they say, well, this doesn't com- this doesn't, this only heats to an incredible degree, never catches a light, therefore it's not combusting. Therefore, that discharge coming out that looks like smoke contains, contains nicotine and tobacco is not actually smoke. So it's a smoke-free device. And then they get to talk about how this is part of their smoke-free future. This, they get to say we're ending smoking, all hedging on that little thing where they're saying this thing that looks like smoke and contains nicotine and tobacco, <laughs> that's it, so it isn't actually smoke. But then I looked into it and it was really handy that I didn't know anything because it just meant I, I was like thinking hard about things. Like and if I didn't understand things, I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig a little deeper into that. So, so one of the first things I did, I thought, well, I don't really know what aerosol is. So I looked up aerosol in a dictionary and it gives us a, um, examples of aerosol and one of them is smoke. So the fact that they're claiming this is aerosol doesn't necessarily mean that it's not smoke. But then this other thing I discovered was that I looked at how a cigarette, how an old a traditional cigarette works, and I found out that, and this is according to the American Medical Association, that a cigarette begins to generate smoke, not on combustion, not when it catches a light, but right before it, when it's heated to an incredible degree. Mm. So the, the fact that, and that's called a pyrolysis, I think. I always, I'm very thingy about, I don't want to say anything where I get the word wrong. But, uh, but anyway, so the fact that a heat stick only heats it to an incredible degree and it doesn't combust doesn't discount that it could be smoke seeing with a cigarette it generates smoke because it's heated to an incredible degree as opposed to it needs to get to the combustion point before it starts generating smoke so this yeah they're so they're geniuses really (laughs) and i like solving puzzles i like reading crime books like scrabble like word games and so I found it so stimulating, all these little tr- 
tricks and misdirections and having to like crack the code of their shenanigans. So thank you, Philip Morris. And there's nothing new about that in marketing. I mean, you know, how many times you see a real estate listing that's an absolute dive called a renovator's dream? Like this is yeah. this is just so much part of our our society, but this is the next level because this is a case of life and death. Oh yeah, definitely. And also, it's a case of this book is the first one to say it. It's yeah. like, like, like for instance, if you, if McDonald's put out like a health health free meal, you know, to some level, many people I don't know are like yeah, but you know what I mean. Whilst they've actually succeeded mm. already in creating this reality that this isn't a cigarette. For instance, maybe about a month ago, The Guardian, who, you know, they're, they're not for Philip Morris or anything, and they, they wrote a – there was an article and it was about Philip Morris saying about their smoke-free future and their how it's a heated tobacco product. And, and they – just because Philip Morris had already laid out what the language is before we've all caught up, it, it, there were things, even though the article wasn't like pandering to Philip Morris at all in the slightest, still the Guardian was using some of the language Philip Morris has used because why wouldn't, like, if Philip, if, if they put this out and say it's a heated tobacco product, it's not a cigarette, like, why wouldn't you believe, you know what I mean? Like, mm, why would you mm. not just go along with it? And then for those other reasons with vaping and just, it, it's such a confusing thing. So I still wonder whether Philip Morris, like, they haven't come after me yet. But they must be annoyed. There is a thing where one of the collateral matters with my book is I'm teaching the controversy. Like people now know, or a lot more people now know than before. I would say close to zero people knew, had heard these words, ICOS or heat stick before I started blabbing about them. So they might, it's a two-edged sword for them. They might be happy that I'm like teaching the controversy and kind of getting this out there. And yeah, it'd be interesting to like look at their, Google algorithms from Australia, like now yeah. and like on on ICOS and things like that. So, so there's that. They might like that, but they can't be happy with the fact that, to state the obvious, like in the context of Australia, and also I mentioned politicians in this book. So politicians are going to know about this book, and already there's someone from a regular newspaper who's at the moment going to be writing about this, and, and so. It, so yeah, so it's even if Philip Morris are like, oh, listen, we don't care that him and his inner city douchebag friends know all about this. But um, not not that I was trying to be a particular activist or anything like that. But just the way it's rolled out is like politicians are going to know about this, and that is not going to Philip Morris are going to be very angry at me for that because it's going to make their difficult task of getting this uh, legalized in Australia. Because I should have said that it's not legal in Australia. It's forbidden in Australia. It's legal in Europe, America, New Zealand, hmm. and but not Australia. So th- this has made things more difficult. So, yes, I still don't know whether they're going to try to strangle me or not. I, I just don't know, but I don't know what they'd say. They um, Well, I would yeah. say read the book while you can before there's a cease and desist, and this could become, you know, on the black market. Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> this copy could be worth a lot of money down the track, yeah, that, but... Getting the truth out there is so good. John Safran, I really appreciate your time. And um, as we always finish, I ask the question, what shall we do about smoking? Uh, well, I guess uh, uh, Philip Morris say, says they want information out there so people can make their own decision. 
So I'm like, okay, cool. Here we go. <laughs> I'm putting some information out there so you can make your own decision. Yeah, I just say if you're smoking, like I get it. Like I would smoke if there wasn't the cancer bit. And when you get cancer, like you're just going to, it's going to be really painful for those around you. And so even though you can say it's just you, so why can't I kill myself? It's like, yeah, but yeah, okay, fair, okay. We well, shouldn't, but even if you think that, it's like just think about those around you who are going to miss you. Not everyone hates you. I know mm. some people hate you, but uh, other people don't hate you. And it'll be very sad for them. And you know, you you might get a few, like light, like, like a few good Instagram posts of you in the uh, oxygen tent in. Uh, in the hospital and you know that's that's always good although you're gonna to have to gloss over the whole thing you're there because the cigarettes because people you know people uh aren't sympathetic to that sometimes or whatever but yeah even after you get, get this high this endorphin is that the word endorphin endorphin high yeah, of yeah. getting all those in getting all those instagram likes for, for your victim status you're then going to be like in a lot of pain and then you're going to be dead and no one wants that well said john safran well said (laughs) thanks for your time really appreciate it and um, congratulations on the book as well no thank you very much appreciate it see ya john safran's new book puff piece is available now and john can be also found on twitter at john safran Thank you for listening to this podcast. It's good to be back after a little break and there's a few more episodes coming your way over the next few weeks. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends and why not leave a lovely review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're hearing this. The show is on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and you can always get in touch with me anytime at whatshallwedopod at gmail.com. What Shall We Do About is hosted and produced by me, Sam Robinson, with original theme music by Chad Gardner. See you next time.